Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now show we deal with many different types of tech projects and we also deal with some not so tech projects but on today's show we're going to talk to philip levin all the way from haifa israel philip talks to me today about how he's taken apartment brewing to another level with his internet of things brewery today on homebrewing diy Keeping a clean brewery is the key to making great beer that doesn't get contaminated. Do you use a glass or plastic carboy for your fermentation? Did you know that getting your carboy clean can be tough, especially removing the cruising ring? Even with traditional carboy cleaning tools, it can take a lot of time and not get your carboy completely clean. Well, today there's a new tool that can easily clean your carboy and do it fast. And that tool is called a scrubber ducky. Scrubber duckies are a new magnetic carboy cleaner that are easy to use and get the cleaning results required in brewing. Drop a magnetic scrubber into your carboy and be able to scrub away all of the grime in that hard to clean cruisin. They are no match for scrubber duckies. And you can get yours today at scrubberduckies.com. Once again, head over to scrubberduckies.com. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Do you have a subject you want to discuss with listeners? Do you even know where to start? Well, if you want to make a podcast and you want to get started now, I could not recommend Anchor enough. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place, for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hey, look, I shopped around for a place to post my podcast and Anchor was the easiest, most streamlined experience you could ask for. So if you're looking for a place for your new podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. (laughs) 
And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the show that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, or parts? This podcast covers it all. On today's show, we're talking to Philip Lavin, who locally in Israel, he travels to different homebrew shops and discusses his Internet of Things brewing style and how you can do it yourself. Please support the podcast. You can get access to our custom RSS feed with ad-free episodes and special bonus episodes. You get access to all that at the basic supporter level. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. Once again, that's Patreon at homebrewing DIY and give any amount. Your support keeps us on the air and helps this show improve. Hey, if money's not the way you want to support the show, you can always head over to Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher and review us. Your reviews help other homebrewers find this show. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Brewfather. Brewfather is a very powerful brewing software. Brewfather is sleek and well-designed, and it has a great free version so you can try it out. If you're new to homebrewing or you just want to try something new, you need to try this powerful brewing software. Brewfather gives you everything you need to build your recipes or get through a brew day. Head on over to homebrewingdiy.beer and click on the Brewfather banner to get started today. Your feedback is always encouraged. You can send feedback to podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer. A quick email and you can tell us what you think of the show or ask any question. We'd love to hear from you. And we're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook just look for the handle at homebrewing DIY. Once again, look for the handle at homebrewing DIY. Now let's dive into our show and talk to Philip Levin about his Internet of Things brewing today on Homebrewing DIY. I'm sitting here with Philip Levin from Haifa, Israel, and we're going to talk about his internet of things brew setup and generally how he started so welcome to homebrewing diy thanks thanks for having me let's just start with how you found homebrewing and 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 how you began brewing yes of course so actually i think my my story started as as everyone's like i, I got a gift uh, for my wedding the homebrew kit like the basic one with the white buckets and the, the partial mesh uh, kit i actually i don't remember what it was but i remember to brewing it it was so much fun and uh, i i was brewing like from kits for several years like three years in a row and then suddenly start i started to get inside this hobby and learn more and build a bigger setup went to all grain brewing and etc etc but the beginning was classical like homebrew kit yeah uh, i think uh if we if we talk to most homebrewers they're gonna say hey i started with extract and uh you know take the steeping grains you put them in the pot boil add some hops to it. And really, when we look at that style of brewing, you're learning how to ferment, right? Like, it, yeah, yeah, that, that's really what you get out of it. And then what did your first all grain setup look like? Um, I, I went to, uh, I 
I went to my local homebrew shop and uh, I started to talk with the guy uh, like different methods and he's more into free vessel systems uh, and I knew that at the time I was uh, like I was uh, renting a small apartment and I don't have a place for free system uh, free vessel systems so I had to make something smaller and I decided to go on the uh, brew in a bag uh, method uh, which actually was pretty good for for that for that time, and uh, I still stick with this method. I'm I'm not having free vessel system; it's always uh, brewing a bag. So this was the first one, and then I had uh, expand expanded this this system that I have now, and I built some small breweries as well, just for uh, small batches. Okay, and and I've actually seen some images of your current brewery on things like Instagram, and you're still in a pretty small space, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, uh, at this this apartment, I have bigger space, but uh, the Brinks area itself is like small corridor uh, next to the kitchen. It's like a small corner. Uh, yeah, it's really small. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things that I always hear from people, uh, whether it be online or my friends or, you know, just uh, people who uh, maybe tell me things like, oh, hey, I, I really want to brew and I'd love to brew all grain or something like that, but I don't really have the room, right? That's a that's a really common thing. Um, I, I got to admit, just from looking at some of your pictures, you kind of buck that system. You're in a small space. Uh, you, yes, you're an electric brewery right now, but the idea is that that small space is something that uh, you know kind of really bucks that system when people tell you that, hey, I don't have space. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, what what would you when you decided to get into that Internet of Things type of brewing? What 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 prompted you and uh, how did you start and what was your kind of first project? Yeah, so actually it, it started like small steps, but uh, but right from the beginning, I knew that I'm going to make it like a, a big, a big in an IoT uh, way. So it started actually from the uh, local homebrew shop. I went to the to the store manager, and he had a, like he had a course there that he taught some people how to brew, and he was using the small electric uh, electric uh, controller with small display. And then he asked me, "Do you think it's possible to project the temperature readings to another bigger display?" Uh, and I said, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty simple controller, but we can we can try. Let me let me Google that for you. And uh, I went to Google, and then I found a, a huge community of uh, DIY IoT brewers that doing stuff, uh, brewing related. So after a couple hours, I knew that I'm going to uh, make my breweries a smart one. Uh, connected to the internet and to have digital readings and to partial automation and stuff like that. So what was your first uh, like DIY project? Was it going full go, full bore onto your brewery? Was it like a fermentation controller? What, what was kind of that first yeah. thing? Actually, I started from, uh, I found a, a on GitHub, I found a project that you actually flash 
existing controller like STC 1000 and you and you take a Arduino and you like con like rewrite the program and it's more into brewing uh, um, way because you, you can define different programs for different brews like for lagers for ales for colch uh, for wheat beers different fermentation profiles and you can pre-program it and then like you flash the, the program to the controller and then you have like a brewing controller dedicated okay so the stc 1000 for people that don't know is kind of the precursor to the modern inkbird um i i don't know if you know what that is um yeah 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 so the uh the stc 1000 actually is exactly the temperature controller i use to run my kegerator so uh it's uh but uh, i i know what you're talking about it was uh i think probably around 2014 or 2015 when people were really doing that they had that special model of stc 1000 that could be flashed right and uh yeah exactly yeah I'd actually never seen anyone do it to actually control a brewery. I'd only seen it for fermentation control. How, how, explain to me a bit how that worked. Well, you have uh, you have at that project you can uh, you can define if you want to control your fermentation or if you want to control your uh, brewing system, uh, like the kettle itself. Uh, basically, it's just a matter of uh, uh, or counting hours or counting seconds so uh, you can uh, if you want to control the fermentation so you just define it uh, by the hours and then you have like long days and the brewery and the fermentation uh, controller keeps the temperature at the, at the required uh, scale uh, and if you want to brew with it so you just like saying okay i want to keep the mesh temperature for 67 uh, celsius it's fahrenheit it's yeah, you do the math, um, <laughs> and yeah, and <clears throat> and uh, basically, it, it it can be the same. And and by the way, it's it, when you have like a hop additions, it, it buzzer, it, it has a small buzzer, so it just tells you now it's the hop additions. Okay, so this was my first project, and actually, it was the simply simplest one. Yeah, of course. It, it it starts simple and easy there, right? And then uh, moves on to uh, more complicated. What what was your next project? Was it your was it you know kind of getting more advanced with your brewery? Well, uh, at that time, I was doing things parallel. I was like in, uh, improving current uh, projects that I already built, and I'm started to, to plan the expansion of the brewery uh, basically i started going to raspberry pi and craft beer pi which is a open source program platform that uh, it can monitor brewing process and can monitor fermentation process and uh, so i start to plan and go into it and uh, there is a facebook group about it it's really a uh, amazing super talented people that do uh, using this program and uh, i started to build my small control raspberry pi controller and after that uh, i started to expand first i was uh, like the, it was brewing a uh, controller and then it became a, a fermentation controller itself, uh, besides the, the brewing 
Okay, so you 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 moved from the STC one thousand brewery controller that you had built, and then moved into the Raspberry Pi and the Craft Beer Pi, which is a brewery controller, basically using the GPIO pins on the uh, Raspberry Pi to basically control relays. Is that correct? Yes, uh, that's that's the first step. Yep, uh, and and then from there you're kind of running your brewery from that and then eventually that same setup moved into your fermentation as well correct yes exactly but uh, after a while i realized that it's too much wires because each gpio they need to be connected to a different relay and it's too much wires for me and i decided to look for uh, another uh, solution i want to make it wireless not the not the brewing gear but the fermentation i wanted to to be uh, separated because my fermentation is is located in in an, in in another room, not on the one that I brew. So I had to have a way to control the fermentation wireless. So I start to look for it, and I try to actually I try to even program some stuff to use the Arduino to 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 send signals wireless or a radio radio frequency a controller. But it wasn't there. Like I wasn't so. Uh, uh, finish this project and I, then I realized that I can use something much more simpler uh, like MQTT protocol and to use a uh, wireless switches and it was like after I realized that I can do it much more easier so I bought, bought just Sonoff uh, switches and uh, start to uh, flash them because they come with like the Chinese software you need to erase it and in order to connect it to Craft Beer Pi uh, using MQTT protocol. That's that's awesome. And to be honest, uh, that's a different setup than most people I see with. Normally, it's kind of like, yes, this like Franken-wired uh, thing where it's like, I have a fermentation chamber and it's all wired into the same box. And then the brewery controller is all wired into the same box and they kind of all need to be near each other. Um, this way, using MQTT, which... Uh, you know, for those who don't know, is basically a wireless technology that you can basically run on the Raspberry Pi that basically allows you to send on and off commands or uh, just different commands through an internal network protocol that allows the receiving end of that to basically do a relay. Um, you see it a lot in home automation setups. So example would be, uh, let's say I'm going to use a Raspberry Pi uh, with OpenHab to like turn my lights on and off in my house. You see MQTT really setting those types of systems up. And really you've taken that and applied it to your fermentation controller and then still have the control controlled by the craft beer Pi setup. So really that's a that's a really cool setup and a great way to work around it. Yeah, and uh, besides uh, turning on and off the fermentation uh, uh, chamber, it can send you temperature readings uh, from the uh, from the sound off as well. Basically, you can hook up uh, many many sensors to the sound off device, and just like in the Crappy Pi, you need to write the, the exact parameters that you want to get from it. It can measure uh, humidity. It can measure light. Whatever, like basically any any sensor that hook up to that sent to that sound of you, you can get the readings from it. That's awesome. And then basically, so 
it, walk me through real quickly. If you were to brew a beer, uh, let's say tomorrow, <laughs> and okay. you were gonna you were to brew a beer tomorrow, what would walk me through the process of like what a batch looks like for you? All the way, like let's start with like you know milling the grain. You're gonna start brewing your beer and then like let's get to where we're going to be, be putting into a keg or in the bottle so uh what what does that look like so uh milling the grain is it's i think it's the the old-fashioned way i just hook up my drill and i mill the grains uh, i try to do it uh, or during the day or uh, but because i brew really early in the morning because my son and my wife still sleeping so i don't want to make a lot of noise so i uh, drew I, I milled the grain before, and then I just, uh, a day before I, uh, I connect all the system, fill the water and turn on the computer and tell him uh, start to hit the mash uh, for mash temperature, like five, uh, five in the morning, because at six I want to throw the grains inside. Uh, and then I press OK and it's, it start counting. But in the morning I just throw the grains inside and take my kid to the kindergarten because uh, the brewery is automated, so it keeps the temperature. And uh, basically, I have like an, about an hour, maybe maybe more, uh, to do my stuff, like household stuff. And then I go take out the grains. Um, I have like a couple minutes that I need to, you know, prepare the hops or whatever. Uh, and then I like start the boil. I I can hook up my hop dropper. Uh, you can see on my Instagram account, I built a hop dropper uh, that receiving commands from Raspberry Pi when you need to add the hops additions. And it just throw the hops additions uh, at the time, like uh, of, by the recipe itself. Um, so I have like spare time during the boil as well. You need to, like, I know my system, I don't have boil overs, but you need to be uh, aware that if it's automated, but still physics, it's physics. So sometimes it can be. Is, is what it is. Like you, you, yeah. uh, the day you don't look is the day it boils over, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, uh, I, I want to talk about this hop dropper a bit. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I actually haven't seen that on your Instagram. So I, I'm curious of what uh, that, looks like is that controlled through the craft beer pie like there's a module built into that that kind of automates that hot dropper that you built yeah actually uh i saw similar things on youtube like some people made a very uh like i i can say bulky uh, designs of the hop dropper and um i i saw the 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 possibility that you can uh, like the advantages of automated hop dropper but it was too bulky for me so i decided to to think think about the form factor of, of it and i started to google and i found a very nice uh, approach by rubas i think uh, i think it's Amer- uh, yeah american guy uh, he has like a, this also electronic uh, brewery so he had some kind of a hop dropper basically it's a motor uh, that spins when it receives commands and like you empty the hops into the boiling kettle. So I decided to go in this direction and uh, I built this tray with the, with the, with pipes, tubes, and that you can fill the, the hops into the tubes and then it spins. And when, you, when the tube is above the hole, it just throw the hops to the, to the kettle. 
So uh, I'm uh, not using it regular, regularly because sometimes I brew like one edition so I can just throw the hop edition at the beginning when I'm next to the kettle and go uh, to do my stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, and, and and this project was uh, was like actually it was from scratch because uh, I had to make the the uh, program itself. So I asked uh, the guys from the community of the Craft Beer Pie to write something, and uh, actually the the main uh, creator of the Craft Beer Pie, he was like saw this. Oh yeah, it's pretty easy, and he just like ten minutes he wrote something, and it's uh, it's there. And uh, another guy from Brazil uh, took my my form form of design and uh, made it a bit uh, more advanced. And he put Arduino inside, so it was it was more smart hop dropper rather than the, the vision that I had. But for my needs, uh, I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty happy with the results. It's that sounds super cool. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna actually. Uh... For listeners, I'm definitely gonna track down this uh, brew boss and uh, and link to his hop dropper. And uh, obviously, we're gonna link to your Instagram so that people can dig in and check it out. But uh, I that that's a that's a really cool project that I've never heard of, and uh, uh, I'm excited to really get in and check it out. Uh, so sure. yeah, you're you're adding hops to your beer. Let's let's keep going. Yeah. So uh, after after the. Basically, I have a buzzer that if I'm not next to the cut, uh, next to the kettle, and it needs my attention, so the buzzer is go like it's a siren and it calls me, or it pushes notification to my uh, smartwatch or my phone, what what like the state of the brewing, and when I need to finish, I just arrive, hook up the chiller and start to chill the chill the work uh, into the fermenter, and then pretty much. Uh, the brew day is done. I take the fermentation, like the fermenter, put it in the fermentation chamber. In my case, it's a fridge, but I have uh, other fermentation uh, chambers as well. So I just put it there, hook up to the, like in the craft beer pie, I just start the fermentation uh, uh, checkbox and it's, it's going, like adding yeast. Uh, sometimes I use uh, my airlock like plato airlock do you familiar with it yeah i'm familiar with the plato airlock that's the one that uh basically takes the amount of bubbles and uses that as like i guess basically the 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 viability of the yeast and where it is in fermentation is that right yeah i actually i i i'm uh, i'm not a friend but i'm familiar with the, with the guys that uh, started this uh, project and basically they they come they they come from the field of chemistry, so they know that each uh, sh- a sugar molecule can like divide it into alcohol and uh, and uh, CO CO two. So they knew that if you have like like OG of I don't know one one thousand fifty, so at the end you should have like six feet of uh, square feet of uh, CO two. So this this is just, that's the way that they use like. They measure the the volume of the CO two in order to to calculate the the ABV. Okay. So actually, actually, I found it. It's really it's 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 a really uh, nice tool to understand the viability of your yeast. Not like it's it can be accurate in the in, in terms of uh, ABV, but I'm more into understand if I have a 
healthy colony of yeast and using this uh, graph uh, that I get from the airlock uh, I can understand like what is the temperature like what is the temp of the uh, uh, tempo of the fermentation which is really crucial parameter when you when you think about it like are my yeast are vital are they healthy especially if you're using a uh, liquid yeast yes uh, that becomes really important if you especially uh at some points through my brewing career i've used to have a bit of a yeast bank and i would start with like a 10 mil uh little thing of wart and uh build from there all the way up to an entire you know two liter starter and uh the viability becomes really important when you're talking with like hey i got a single colony of yeast and i'm going all the way up to a full-on yeast starter it becomes super duper important and uh liquid yeast also the age of a liquid yeast can really affect the viability as well uh i i'm in the states obviously uh i'm not sure other than probably fermentus what brands of liquid yeast you get uh, in israel um, but uh, if it's stuff that's coming from here, for example, if you're getting white labs, chances are it's probably not as fresh as you would get, like being in San Diego or something like that. Yeah, uh, actually, it's one of the problems that in Israel that we we don't have regular supply of uh, liquid yeast. So once a year, somebody like bring one of the local homebrew shops bring uh, a batch. It's not everything, like really. Uh, limited amount and the people that going abroad like bringing liquid yeast in in their suitcases uh, we just switch uh, vials and reuse liquid yeast so exactly it and and to be honest that's not going to give you the freshest yeast uh throwing it in your pack and having it warm for like four days right so yeah uh yeah that would you know the viability of yeast becomes super important specifically when you're wanting a beer to take off like quickly right so like for example uh, i pitch my yeast and if i've made a really big starter or i have enough cells and it's really a viable yeast colony you're gonna get fermentation like in six hours less than 12 hours for sure uh when you have a, a a kind of slow to get going batch and and this actually has happened to me in my brewing career where i had you know uh, a colony of yeast that i'd used over and over and over and over again and i think it was about seven generations deep and then it just changed and didn't do well and was sluggish and actually made my beer taste like crap so it is something where i i think specifically in your use case the viability of yeast seems very very important uh, yeah, and, and I'm glad the Play-Doh can do something like that because, to be honest, it's not a thing a device that I've personally used. I have a tilt hydrometer, and uh, I'm in the process of building an ice spindle. But I, it's the the Play-Doh's not something I've really played with. But uh, everybody that's used it has had really great things to say about it. Yeah, actually, I, I use uh, I use sometimes parallel ice spindle and. Uh and the play-doh airlock because i think they, they they give you different stats and when you see the like the stats from the two devices you get the bigger wider picture about your uh, fermentation process the, the the tempo of the fermentation and the, the yeast uh, like the, the healthy uh, the health of the yeast so, so it's it's really it's really like mind-blowing how two two different devices can give you a wider picture of, of what's happening there Awesome. And then 
let's go into uh so you're finished with fermenting uh do you bottle do you keg what's uh how do, how do you actually package your beer yeah actually I, I i keg my beer most of my beer i i put in kegs uh, i i play with sours as well but i don't want to uh, to ruin my kegs that to make the to make the the tap sour so i bottle my sour sour beer and uh, keg the regular beer awesome and then uh when it comes to uh like your serving uh do you have uh, I, I personally have like the 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 brew board i actually run a raspberry pints uh do you have something similar yeah yeah i i have raspberry pints as well i try to hook up the flow meters but i saw the price tag of the flow meters and was i thought i thought at that time that it's going to be uh endless project because i i read reviews that people really have problems with the flow meter so i just decided to leave the board just with the names like the, the abv whatever what, what what the stats that you show there and uh, actually now i started uh, to use uh, the another product by by plato the uh, the keg monitor uh, they ran a kickstarter campaign uh, i think in the summer what two months ago and I got a, a prototype version of it. It's not really like the prototype version is, is a bit. Uh, uh, it's not it's not uh, waterproof because and in my kegerator I have really humid uh, humid environment, so I, I need to like to use it really um, uh, carefully. But it's a really good device that you can monitor the 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 like your, your kegs. Yeah, and that uses weight. Is that right? Yes, it's it's. I think it's a free uh, weight loads and just uh, it hooks up to the cloud and sends the information back to your device. And now, actually, I started to work with a, a, on a tap handle that's going to uh, to use the API by Plato and to show the stats on the tap itself, like on the handle itself. Oh, so like you would have like a, a handle with a screen and it would upload the data yeah. into it. Yeah, I, I want to use a, a e-paper like the one that you have on Kindle, so it's really uh, power power efficient. So you can like use one charge for like a, a endless time. Uh, yeah. Every time, you, every time you 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 like you move the, the you tilt the, the the tap handle, it just sends an API request and it gets back the information and just stay there. So this is my plans. I'm not, I just it's just like uh, things that I started two weeks ago. Uh, they told me that they're going to give me access to the API. So I hope this project will see uh, will be successful. Like, I don't know, maybe in a month or two or so. That's that's uh that's actually a really really cool project, and I can't wait to see when you build it. Like it's that's that's going to be really cool. Uh, so my my next question is is you know other than that project do you have any other projects you're working on that have to do with your uh you know kind of internet of things brewery um actually i started to work with a friend uh, on a uh, on a project that uh, we will try to get real-time readings during the brewing process we we want to use a pressure sensors in two different uh, places in the kettle itself uh, and with the calculation of pressure and uh, and volume of the like we know what the volume of the of the of the word so we can theoretically get the real-time gravity readings uh, during the boil so 
my far vision is to have a autocorrect uh, mode when you the computer can correct your brewing process if you have too much uh, gravity you, you can add a little bit water to 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 be to, to be precise of the recipe or if you have like too much water and you below your uh, your uh, original gravity so it just like continue to boil until uh, the gravity gets to this to the required uh, point that's but, awesome uh, at the, yeah that's awesome. at the time we are we checking the, the possibility because we have like you know physics it's it's beyond us we need to <laughs> yes that is a lot of math and uh but i mean that's a a really exciting approach be able to kind of you know you like a pressure sensor can tell you the volume of the liquid that's sitting in there, right? And so the idea is that uh, if you know that volume and really if you can just figure out a way to figure out how much sugar is in solution, uh, that that's kind of a cool idea to be able to make adjustments. Uh, though, you know, uh, hypothetically think, thinking in my mind, there would need to be some sort of algorithm that would make that change, right, automatically. So that seems like quite a big project, but, uh, you know, that, that is super exciting. Cause I think if you figure it out, uh, you're going to blow a lot of people's mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super cool. Um, you know, what, what are you brewing these days? Well, like, uh, uh, what, what's, uh, what was the last thing you brewed? Uh, actually I brewed the three or four days ago. I, I brewed the, uh, a Saison, like a clone, a clone of a Phantom Saison, which is a really good beer that I that I had like a week ago or two weeks ago, and I just harvest the yeast from the from the bottle, and I grew grew up the yeast, and I just made improvisation of on this commercial brewery recipe. So it's going to be the yeast from the brewery, but not the recipe because I don't know the recipe. So I just improvise something that I already made a saison and I just made small adjustments to to be closer to the AB that they, they wrote on the bottle. Awesome. And uh, when's that going to be ready? Um, well, I think it will. I'll start. I'm going to bottle this because it, it's it's a it's a mixed culture of a, of a Saccharomyces and Brettanomyces, which are going to be a bit funky. So the vital state of the Brettanomyces it's about five to six months from now. So I need. To, I think I'll start to taste the bottles uh, like around January, February. That's awesome. Uh, I kind of wish I could be around to taste that beer. <laughs> but you're a world away so <laughs> yeah. I, i'm here in the middle of night in denver colorado and it's uh definitely morning where you are <laughs> so uh yeah. yeah uh you know i i know that you go around to a lot of uh like brew shops uh, locally and you kind of mm -hmm. have a deck that you use to kind of share with other brewers and let them know like the the kind of brewery that you've built and that it's accessible to others, right? Because a lot of the projects you're using are obviously open source projects. They're they're not money when it comes to the software. It's really just kind of building the hardware and you know tweaking it to your liking. Uh, what are you know? Do you see more of kind of sharing and you know evangelizing those types of things in the future? Yes, of course. I think my, um, I decided this this summer, like during the summer break, I decided to go like 
to tell people about my journey into IoT and uh, how it wasn't so hard as it seems to be. Uh, and you can start in small steps and you can stop whatever you like. You don't have to build a super, super huge uh, uh, smart brewery. You can just, uh, you know, make some small steps in, to make your brew day enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, I, I will continue in my process of uh, building uh, this my it's it's a project for me, but I advise people to try to to see what they like. Maybe just to find something that they can uh, find in their brewery. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're you know to be honest, uh, you have a, a great Instagram account that uh, people follow and kind of can see your your brew journey. What's what's the name on your Instagram account? So if somebody's listening and they wanted to follow you. Yeah, so it's Filusha, it's P-H-I-L-U-S-H-A, uh, 1983. Um, yeah, so this is my Instagram account. Uh, I think I like two years ago, I started to just take photos of my brew, brew career. And before that, I have like family photos and dog photos and whatever. But uh, yeah, for, for the last three years, it's only brew, brew related stuff. Awesome. So yeah, if 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 this is uh, something you're listening to the show and you really want to check out this uh, kind of brewery that uh, Philip has put together, go and check out his Instagram. It's really cool. And uh, to be honest, it's something where I was super duper impressed with uh, the the photos and kind of uh, seeing you in brew shops giving presentations. Um, he did send me the deck he uses and the the slideshows, and it really is a good explainer to somebody who is uh, kind of saying, "Hey, I want to." Uh, I want to get into this and yeah like you said I want to get into it and I can stop where I want it's not something that should be overwhelming uh, you know personally my brew in a bag is still a a propane tank I use on my back porch and uh, it, none of it is automated at all but then once I get into fermentation and, and my kegerator and things like that that's where my automation kicks in right I actually haven't made the step of ferment of, of the the mash and that kind of part for my personal journey is it in the horizon for me probably yeah that's definitely probably something I'm gonna do and and in the future uh, my problem is is that uh, I in the states our power is only 110 and so i have to actually get a, a 220 run into my garage so i can electric brew and all that stuff um i think you guys are probably uh just out your outlet is probably 240 right yeah 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 it's, so it's easier for us yeah it's easy to boil a lot of liquid when you have 240 so <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, other than that, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, it was really great to talk to you, Philip. And, um, you know, if, uh, you know, if you want to send me over the recipe of the Saison that you just made, that would be great. I'd love to add that to the show notes so that anybody who would like to make it themselves, they could, uh, you know, try. And then as far as the, uh, 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 I also link straight to your Instagram account for my show notes as well so that people can follow you. And, uh, you know, uh, Philip's a super nice guy. If you want to reach out to him, I'm sure he'll send you over his Internet of Things deck. He sent it to me quite easily. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You, can, you, can share, you can share it with the audience. Yeah, awesome. So I'll, I'll actually 
put a link to that on the show notes so that if anybody wants to to look at it other than that well thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast and i really look forward to seeing uh, some of your future projects thanks for having me I would like to thank Philip for taking the time to be on the show. And if you want to check out his Internet of Things slideshow, check out the Instagram account. Just head on over to homebrewingdiy.beer for detailed show notes. Once again, we move monthly support to Patreon, so you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash homebrewingdiy. Your monthly support will help keep this show on the air. Last, if you'd like to give us feedback, you can email us at podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer. Well, that's the end of today's show, and we'll see you next week on Homebrewing DIY.